This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, I did want to get to this. Uh, I came across this story a few days ago because a lot of people were sharing it on Facebook. Uh, and it certainly resonated with me. And obviously, it's resonated with a lot of people. And I think even for our next guest, his, his own experience of learning more about it was an interesting journey. But it's a question of men's health. Right? I, I think we know the obvious things, right? Uh, don't smoke, don't drink too much, exercise, trying to keep your weight under control, these kinds of things. But there's a big, big threat we're facing, and maybe we're not aware of it, and it has to do with our friends, our social circle. Well, joining us on the line is uh, Billy Baker. He's a, a writer with the Boston Globe, and uh, he's the author of this piece. Billy, thanks so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, and, and it's interesting because, you know, you talk about it from your own perspective. You were sort of asked to, to look into this, and so you didn't really know much about it going in. No, I was called into an editor's office, and they said, we've got the perfect story for you. And I said, lay it on me. They said, we want you to write about how middle-aged guys have no friends. And I said, excuse me, you know, uh, I, I, I've got plenty of friends. And then the editor started saying, well, you know, uh, if you start uh, looking into this issue, it, it's got these terrible health repercussions and all these other strange things. And, and again, I was like, I don't, I don't know why you think I'm, I'm the guy for this. And so I, I started walking back to my seat trying to justify in my head why uh, I, I'm not the guy to write about having no friends. And then I started to think about, you know, how very typical I am. I, I turned 40 this year. I, you know, I'm, I've got two little kids. I, I've got a wife. And, and you know, the people I consider my best friends, as I started rattling down the list, it was like, how often do I see these people anymore? And once I was sort of willing to raise my hand and say, yeah, I, I, I have become kind of the guy sitting alone in the cafeteria. And then to look into what that means, it, it was it was a it was a shocking wake up call. This I, this thought that you know that letting my friends uh, slip from my life, not making them a priority, could have long term health impacts along the lines of smoking or diabetes. Or, or, or I mean, it, it cut to the point where I was finding so many studies about this, it felt like I was laying it on a little thick, and I stopped putting them in the story. But real, real shocking stuff about what letting our friendships lapse in middle age can do to us health-wise. But why, why do you think we never hear about that? I mean, we, you know, we're, we're told all the time, be careful what we eat and don't smoke and, and all of these other things, but this, this never gets talked about, it seems. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, the data's been out there. I mean, some of these studies I was using were, were, are years old, but, uh, you know, it's, it, I mean, it's in some ways it's obvious, right? I mean, on, on the list of things that will make us happy, the, the, Spending quality time with the friends we already have, you know, is, is the lowest of low-hanging fruit. Yet it's so easy to let that fruit kind of sit there and rot while you're dealing with career or family or, or whatever it might be. And you think that it'll always be there. And, and I'm starting to realize. So in, in this story, I wrote about my two best friends from high school and how, you know, one I, I see a few times a year. And then I was trying to think of the last time I saw one of them. And so after the story came out, I emailed them and said, hey, I, I didn't tell you this. I wrote a little something for the Globe about how uh, I miss you guys. And uh, <laughs> one, of them, one of them replied and said, uh, well, now I feel really bad because I forgot to tell you that I've moved to, uh, um, to Austria. 
<laughs> wow. It's like, oh, oh, did you now? You know, uh, it was like, yeah, I, uh, sorry, it was kind of, you know, I'm here for a few months, uh, but this is, you know, this is how it, how it happens. And, and I'm, you know, I'm an outgoing guy. I, I have lots of people that I like very much and I see at work and, and, you know, at the gym or just the parents of other, you know, kids that my children hang out with. And, right. But it, yeah. Well, and, and, and I think between all of that, because, it, it feels like we're surrounded by more people with social media, and I see all the, the Facebook updates from people that I, I guess are my friends, but do I actually really go out and, and visit with much of those people? No, I, I, I don't. So, you know, it kind of becomes an illusion that we're surrounded by this, but maybe we're really not. Yeah, it's, I, I'm realizing that I, I'm a little bit lonely in a crowd, in a way. You know, it, it's not a terrible thing for me. And what's been great about the story is kind of recognizing this now and making it a priority as I enter into middle age. Because I've been hearing, I've been a journalist for a long time, you know, since I got out of college. And I've never had a story that, that hit a nerve like this one. I've just been inundated with hundreds and hundreds of emails from men all over the world saying, you know, I, you know, it feels like you crawled right inside of my head. And, and I realized I got to I got to get the fellas back together. This is this has gone on too long. And and I've also been hearing from men on the sort of far other end of middle age who are now, you know, empty nesters or retirees. And, and they're realizing, you know, my friends became, you know, the other parents for the kids. My children played sports with or went to school with or whatever. And now that those things are no longer in my life. I'm kind of sitting home alone on the couch watching Law and Order, and and you know it's 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 sort of a natural progression that it's seemingly so easy to get out of. Well, as you say, I guess it's easy to to let those friendships lapse. It's easy to not prioritize them because you know, look, we got marriages to work on, we've got uh, kids to to worry about, we got jobs to worry about. Those things all got to take priority. They do, and, and and there were some things I learned in reporting this story about the differences between male friendships and female friendships. There, there have been a few studies looking at the, the, the way that men interact with men and also how women interact with women, and, and one that was interesting was that women are actually able to maintain long-distance friendships over the phone, whereas men really need to be together and be going through something together, which is why men form their strongest relationships in environments like school or sports or military when they've gone through an experience together. And then there was another study that really had me nodding my head, which was this is actually several studies. They do photo studies where they kind of sneak up and take photos of people interacting, and then they gather you know, thousands of photos and do an analysis of what these tell us. And time and time again, they could see that women will talk face-to-face, whereas guys stand side-by-side side and kind of look out at the world together. And it's the classic image of two guys at a bar where they're side-by-side, side, either looking at the game or looking at the bartender. Or they have their back to the bar and they're looking out at the world together, and that's what you know. So, so then it became an issue of right. What what do we really do about this? I mean, it, it it's somewhat intuitive, but what are the steps that will actually work? And experts will say that for men, regularity is the key. That we're we're pretty bad. If it takes initiative every time we're going to hang out with our friends, it's not going to happen. So you, you need to put something on the schedule, whether it be you know. The, the beer league hockey team or, or bowling night or there's a man I wrote about here who had told me he and his friends started something they just called it Wednesday night and it was a pack that on Wednesday night if you're around we're going to hang out we're going to do something and it, it 
it's a sweet acknowledgement that we just need some guy time. And, and that's something that since I started down this path and now that I've become the America's most fam- famous lonely middle-aged man this week, uh, <laughs> I'm getting lots of invites for that well, that's good. thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I'm glad I, I was forced to pause and do this right now because it's so simple and so enjoyable. I mean, this isn't like being told you have to lose weight and join the gym. This is really what you got to do is set aside some time for the boys. And, and you know, the same for women. It, it has to be a priority. Keeping these relationships in your life, keeping them active, will make you happy now and healthier then. You know that the, there's this staggering study done by Brigham Young University that looked at people over a 35-year period and found that those who even identify as lonely, not to mention those people who are actually isolated or feel isolated, which it happens to a lot of our elders, that you have a 26 to 32% chance of premature death, an increase in the chance of premature death if you just feel lonely. Well, how does it correlate, though? What's your understanding of how one leads to the other? I mean, so... We know lots about how isolation leads to things like substance abuse and and depression and suicide. You know, those are, of course, the extreme cases, but it's all a matter of, I think, how how it starts, how we, we, the the path we're projecting ourselves on right now. You know, I don't don't mean to throw my own dad under the bus, but he's a guy who was a classic great dad, you know, went to every game, was friends with all the other parents, and now that my brother and I are out of the house, He's basically left with one good guy friend, and, and this friend, unfortunately, had a stroke a number of years ago, so he, he's not really able to talk very well. So they, they spend a lot of time kind of hanging out on the couch watching Law & Order together. Is he fulfilled? I, I don't know. You know, I, I know he's not lonely. He's got his grandchildren around and, and my mom and things like that, but I, I think that, you know, if he were to be candid for a moment, yeah, I think he, he his health and, and well-being could benefit if he were more actively engaged with the, the men that have been important in his life. And, and I think that a lot of them are, are in the same boat. I've been hearing from them, actually, saying, hey, read your article. Reminds me I need to reconnect with your dad. I mean, I guess the thing is, I mean, it's it's kind of a win-win because, you know, having friends and hanging out with friends is enjoyable, whereas, you know, maybe you could say exercising isn't or eating healthy isn't, but this actually is. Yeah, it, it's it's so easy. It's like the easiest lifestyle change I, I've ever forced myself to make is that I've got to go out and act up with the fellas more often and, you know, have to accept that this is important for me because I think it's it's very easy to feel guilty when you are leaving, you know, your wife at home to deal with the kids and deal with the, you know, the daily tedium of running a house, you know, while I take off with the guy for a guy weekend or to go camping or to do whatever it is. But these things are are, are just wildly beneficial across the board. And, and I think that there is a sort of definition of manhood that says you should feel guilty about uh, abandoning those responsibilities to go run off and play. But these studies and i mean there there's a pile of them the data is there this is this is as important to your health as quitting smoking right but hey, don't get carried away with it don't make every night guy night <laughs> no 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 but i mean that this i mean i'm shocked i'm uh, i never would have believed it if i hadn't spent a couple weeks researching it but this is what the the experts say and studies bear out the, this to be true so uh yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to be a, a guru here on lifestyle, but it's a, it's a simple measure of uh, 
hanging out with your friends is good for you. So if you if you are in the category like me where you feel like you accidentally let them lapse, it's time it's time to change that. Well, uh, you know, look, obviously this is resonating for a reason. As you say, you're getting a ton of reaction. This is the most viewed story on the Boston Globe website. So there's there's something there, obviously. Yeah, this is uh, it, it's something else. And, I mean, I'm speaking to a radio station in Canada. It's gone around the world. It's strangely viral in Australia. And I always, you know, my my image of the Australian man is uh, is that, you know, they're kind of these tough guy loners. But apparently, you know, it's hitting a chord there as well. So, uh I don't know. It's been a it's been a very eye opening week for me since the story came out, and it was an eye opening journey just to do this reporting. But yeah. it's you know, in talking to experts, they say that you know people have become comfortable with things like saying they're depressed and going for treatment, but saying you're lonely still has a stigma attached to it. It's admitting you're the kid sitting alone in the cafeteria, and that's just not a cool guy move. So people will <laughs> not say that; they just put their head down and bear it. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, hey, Bill, how much snow did you guys get, by the way? I, not, not what, not the Armageddon <laughs> they were predicting. Uh, I don't even know five or six inches. But I've never seen wetter snow. The, we had a plow stuck, like just trying to move it in our driveway. So uh, hopefully it's over. Uh, I imagine you guys. I can't imagine. I spent a New Year's in Calgary once, and I thought I lived in a cold weather environment. You, well, you we've had a brutal March, but it's been actually pretty warm here this week, so we'll take it. Uh, BostonGlobe.com. Billy, thanks so much for joining us here today. appreciate it. Thanks for your time. All right, take care. Hey, that's uh, Billy Baker. He uh, writes for the Boston Globe, BostonGlobe.com. Uh, and, yeah, well, like we say, his, his piece, it's the uh, most viewed story on the Boston Globe website, so it'll be pretty easy to find. Uh, but the headline is, The Biggest Threat Facing Middle-Aged Men Isn't Smoking or Obesity. It's loneliness. So pretty interesting. And, and look, like I say, I mean, I became aware of this story because I've seen it being shared all over the place. Right? So it's obviously resonated with a lot of people. We're getting a lot of text on this as well. One text here says, your guest just described my life. I've just caught up with my oldest friend, what I've known since grade two. I thought it had only been a year since I'd seen him, but after we talked it out, it really actually been four years. Even so, we picked up right where we left off. 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.